on our big broadcast, and uh, we wanted to get our uh, our friend from Ohio back here in with us. So uh, go ahead and uh, bring us an update on kind of some of the things that have been going on, and uh, well, we're also going to talk about Rudy Giuliani and some other things today. So uh, jump in there, Mike. Tell us a little bit about everything. All right, Jiggy. Well, uh, uh, well, the latest is uh, uh, over there in uh, Coleman, too, in uh, Florida. You know, I'm sure you heard about Larry Nasser, the uh, guy that got caught for conviction for killing, I mean, uh, not killing, but uh, molesting 265 uh, Olympic gymnasts and stuff. He got convicted, and, and uh, I guess he thought more of himself and went to the compound at the USP, uh, Coleman too, and uh, just recently, like a couple weeks ago, he was uh, stabbed up, and uh, they ran in the cell, stabbed him up, and uh, but he didn't die. But they took it out of the lung and collapsed his lungs and other stuff. Mm. Uh, it amazes me that that guys get convicted of things that they have been convicted of, and uh, they think they can walk out onto a United States penitentiary yard and. That's uh that's not going to happen, but anyway, you know that that's the same as like we, last time we were talking. Uh, Whitey Bulger did the same thing, and obviously you remember he went out to uh, Hazleton in West Virginia, and he got killed out there. Wasn't on the yard less than eight hours and got killed. Yep. And yep. then uh, I guess a few uh, few times ago we we talked about um, uh, Jared a subway if you remember. He uh, was yep. going on transfer, uh, transit to, and uh, stopped at a holdover in um, uh, Victorville in California. And he got beat up real bad, put in the hospital. Like I said, it just amazes me that these guys are, that are, you know, one thing about, one thing about uh, especially federal, federal prisons, that they're really serious about that. You know, if the guys are in there for child molestation, child rape or something like that, and and messing with old people, uh, they can't walk those yards with people that are in good standing. Yep. So you have that that update there. Well, uh, we have got a uh, we've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Michael Lee Wood is with us, and uh, in association with David Go Productions today, we have got a great, great follow up interview here with Michael. So, Michael, one of the things that has been um, on everybody's uh, mind lately is the uh, Donald Trump. Uh, January 6th situation and how they indicted him and 13 other co-conspirators and among them was uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, the former mayor of New York City, former uh, Trump White House staff guy, lawyer, all that. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about Rudy Giuliani and and the potential for him to flip on uh, on Trump and some of these other co-conspirators. Well, as far as uh, Rudy Giuliani goes, uh, you know, this is, this seems like it's, it's fitting that um, that he got recoed because you know Georgia did reco him, him and the rest of them, and and if you remember in 1980, early 80s, he uh, he used a rico against all the uh, crime families, yeah. and uh, put a lot of them in prison, and and uh, uh, I seen a picture the other day with. Uh, Rudy Gianni talking about uh, saying, uh, "Yeah, I'm sweating about this." And he was doing an interview, and then, then the uh, indictments all come down, and 
And uh, this guy's like, you know, I don't know how old he is, 90s or whatever. But um, he's got this um, this hair dye running on the side of his face from his hair, and he's sweating real bad. Um, but it, but it, it's, it's fitting for a guy that used the Rico against so many people um, that it would be used against him right now. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, Dave was asking me, he said, do you think he's going to um, tell? I said, absolutely. And the guy's an ex-prosecutor. I said, if he, if he finds himself in a position where he has to go to prison, he's going to sell Donald Trump out as quick as he can sell him out. Oh, yeah. He's not going to prison under any circumstances. He's yeah. going to try to keep his butt on out of there. And if he means selling Trump out and everybody else, that's exactly what that guy is going to do. We have got Michael Lee Wood with us today. He joins us from the Ohio State uh, Penitentiary, and uh, he joins us live here on our big broadcast, talking a little bit about the uh, Rudy Giuliani situation and regarding to be indicted along with Trump. Uh, is that one of the reasons why they did indict Rudy, is because he potentially would flip and sell out a lot of these guys? Well, well, I... Uh... I don't. I, I can't read their mind, but I would think that they they uh, have a good idea who's going to sell out and everything. And there's going to be more than Rudy Giuliani. I I can guarantee you that. Out of out of uh, I think there's 18 altogether. I I think at least probably probably uh, eight, ten of them are going to take some type of deals. You know, especially if they know they're going to come to prison. I mean, they're already used to people. You know, now they got that um uh. Mar-a-Lago dude, uh, he's testifying, and he's going to bring evidence against Trump. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be more people just going to take the high road and say, hey, listen, I ain't going to prison for this guy. And uh, <laughs> they're going to do whatever they need to do to uh, save themselves and uh, throw him under the bus. We have got Michael Lee Wood with us today. He's going to be one of the first ones. Yes. Guarantee he is. Well, see, this this was one of my first thoughts when they indicted everybody, and one of the guys they indicted was Rudy Giuliani. I thought, there is no way that they indicted him because they didn't think that they were going to be able to get him to uh, to flip on uh, Trump and, and all these guys. So uh, that that is expert analysis there from our, uh, from our guest today, Michael Lee Wood. He joins us live from the Ohio State Penitentiary in association with David Go Productions today. We are talking with Michael about some of the different things going on out there in the world. So I want to follow up here on this, um, this, this, this gentleman that you mentioned earlier who, who was stabbed in his cell, be, uh, you know, he he did all those, those those molestations with the with the Olympic team. Talk to us a little bit right. about this, my friend. Well, you know, like I said, it, it amazes me, man, that that these you know that type of person can think that they can actually walk onto a United States penitentiary and uh, a yard and, and and can exist around dudes that are in good standing. And what I mean by good standing, I mean. All their paperwork's checked out. There's no nobody that anybody knows that's got you know messed up paperwork. That's uh, you know got a downward departure, meaning that they've told on their co-defendants or anybody else. And uh, he just you know waltzes out there just like 
he's got a he's got a green light to do whatever he wants to do. And granted that there's a difference between Coleman one and Coleman two in in the feds in uh, Florida. Coleman one is is a hard yard. It's where everybody's supposed to be in good standing. Whereas Coleman two, where he went, it's got a lot of uh, the dropout guys from the gangs. It's got a lot of snitches. Uh, it's got a lot of um, dudes like him, you know, child molesters, rapists. Um, but still, when they go to even a, a, a messed up yard like that, where most of them guys are hiding out, somebody sees an opportunity to get in the news, to take care of business, because no matter how they see themselves, no matter what they've done, you know, whether they've dropped out of the gangs or hiding out from their gang or whatever it is, they, they're they still against child molestation and, uh, and, and, you know, following little kids and stuff like that. So uh, what I was told was one guy ran into his cell, started stabbing him, and then three or four other dudes ran in there and helped get him off of, uh, off of uh, Larry Nasser. And because uh, uh, they was at the same, why why would they help out Larry Nasser? I said, well, look, they weren't they they went in there. They weren't helping Larry Nasser. What they were doing was helping themselves, because by helping get him off of Larry Nasser, saving his life, what they did was they got a green light by the administration, by the Bureau of Prisons, that they, they, all those guys are eventually going to some camp or something out of the pen, which is you know which is like night and day compared to where they're at right now. Yeah. So they did that more or less for themselves. They don't care about the guy, but they did that to promote themselves where they could go to a lesser security and don't have to deal with what they have to deal with in the pen. We have got a great guest with us today. Michael Lee Wood joins us today from the Ohio State Penitentiary in association with David Go Productions. We are talking with Michael today about some of the different updates on some of the different folks that uh, that are out there across the spectrum. Um, I understand you recently did a pretty interesting interview with a major uh, publication. Talk to us a little bit about this, Michael. Uh-oh, which one? Well, I I was told by David you you've been doing a lot of media lately, so I was just wanting to have you give us a play by play and a blow by blow on all this. Uh, well, I did. Uh, I I just I've been talking with uh, Bob Guccione Jr. Okay. I, well, I've, yeah. I've actually known Bob since about 1999 when uh, I ended up doing a, a monthly column for his international magazine Gear. And uh, actually, I did it for three years. And uh, but anyway, um, he read one of my books and uh, liked it. And, and um, so he did a, um, a, a, a personally he did a um, a review on it, and uh, which would be in his next online magazine, the uh, Wonderlust. Yeah. So that's cool. And uh, then um, in October, I'll be doing a. Uh, uh, a, a phone interview with uh, Spin Magazine. That's so awesome. That's, I'm looking forward to that's that. Awesome. Spin Magazine is pretty big. And uh, I've been doing a, a four or five uh, pretty big podcasts, you know, with, with uh, like anywhere from 60, 100, some thousand uh, people listening to those. Fantastic. So Fantastic. basically, you know, I, I was doing with those, you know, just talking about prison and, and uh, the physical psychological aspects of doing time 
because I got a I got another book coming out in about six months. It's a it's a prison book. It's a, all based on my 45, almost 46 years of experience in prison. You know, all the physical, psychological aspects of doing time. Uh, yeah. You know, it's going to have a lot of the pictures of me and and the high-profile prisoners that that uh, I became cool with, like you know, pictures with me and Doc Secure, you know, Tupac's the rapper Tupac's father, uh, Larry Hoover, uh, uh, Charles Harrelson, which is uh, actor Woody Harrelson's father, which he ended up dying at the ADX. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, uh, Doc Secure, uh, Tupac's father, he just died um, uh, July 6th of cancer, so he's hmm. gone now. But anyway, there's a lot of pictures in this book and a lot of articles from, you know, back in the day when I was when I was a rowdy guy. A lot of front page news and stuff like that. And um, But yeah, yeah, just, you know, I've just been keeping busy writing books, uh, I've got two out there right now, uh, Underworld's Quest for Zabah. They were both on Amazon, and, and I wrote that with my sister just to, for us to do something together. And I wrote another one called The Lands of Maladoon. <clears throat> so if anybody was interested in that, they could look up Michael Lee Wood on Facebook under books, and it'll come up. And, uh And also, you know... People, if they want to just read about anything about prison, updates of prison, or see any of the pictures or something, they can go to Facebook and put in my put in my full name, Michael Lee Wood. And you have one minute remaining. And, uh, well, Michael, you know, we're 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 getting here. wrapped here by uh by, by your folks. Uh, I guess we we'll, we will we will catch up with you uh, in a couple months. Get some more updates from right. you, and uh, I really appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, well, hey, I appreciate you. I, I, I definitely appreciate you. Thank you for letting me, uh, you know, talk about this stuff and talk about my books and stuff. And, you know, I'm just trying to make some positive things happen and do, do some changes in my life, you know. And, definitely. And, uh, next definitely. few years, I'm looking to be out there in society. Well, uh, well, Michael, have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. All right, you too. Thank appreciate you, it. Man. Appreciate it, man. There you go. So that is Michael Lee Wood in association with David Go Productions today. And uh, we are going to take a brief time out. And when we come back, we have got more coming up. It is your world famous uh, Jiggy Jaguar. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That was quick. <laughs> Live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes. iHeartRadio 50 plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. And this video is exclusive to Rumble, by the way. Uh, because there is a guy who is attention-seeking who is going through YouTube and anyone, especially me, this guy in this outfit, making comments about him. He's going through and he's doing copyright strikes to get his content taken down. Now, here's the deal. You are an internationally famed comedian, allegedly. You're also a confirmed loser in court. You live your life as a public figure. 
You cannot do copyright strikes on your material. But I don't have the time to explain all this to this guy. So here's the situation. This guy, in fact, you know, why am I going to waste my time talking about him? Honestly. Why am I wasting the energy here to talk about him? I haven't wasted the energy for eight months. And I've already wasted a minute and a half, according to the counter on the video. Here's the thing. I'll finish this out. He usually spends a lot of his time on Facebook yelling and screaming about me. He blames all the world's problems on me. He blames the fact that he can't sell out venues on me. He blames the fact that he's got several people in his orbit who he is taking advantage of so he can be a big star. He spends a lot of his time telling people that he's going to have Netflix specials and he's going to all these places to tour and he's this big internationally known comedian and he carries around his fake replica title belts. That's what he does. Um, he will spend a lot of his time watching this video over and over and over and over again. I haven't had anything to do with this guy for eight months. I'm going to go ahead and keep it that way. And I honestly don't have any interest in talking about him any longer. And the fact that I have spent two minutes and 47 seconds, 48 now, 49 now, talking about him, I have become dumber I have wasted more time than I will never be able to get back. And as Cousin Chris from Jiggy Jag TV used to say, when you're laying on your deathbed, you're going to wish you had that breath back. So I'm done talking about this guy. I'm sorry that he's lost some people in his life. I'm sorry that his brother passed away. I'm sorry that his auntie and his grandma and all these other people are passing away. But that's life. You learn to get over it. You learn to work past it. I've lost a lot of people in my life. I have learned to work past it. I hope you find what you're looking for out there. But as of today, I will no longer mention your name or have anything to do with you anymore because it makes me sad that you exist. <laughs>
that I am recording this video today. I can't even believe this. I can't even believe I'm wasting my time putting this video together today. And I can't even believe that I'm going to waste your time to play it on the radio show today. But apparently I have to. <laughs> I have to. So last week on Facebook, of course, everybody's favorite place to go for drama, attention, and nonsense, Facebook, there was a gentleman by the name of Robert Allen Parker. Now, of course, he's one of these three name people. And uh, he is commonly referred to as Pac-Man. I, I know him as Pac-Man. I know that a lot of people know him as the Mr. But I know him as Pac-Man. And I've known this cat for probably, God, 17 years. I've, I've known him a long, long time. He used to do shows in Wichita, Kansas, and he would invite us out to cover them. We would do interviews. I've had him on the radio show several times. I've worked with him on several occasions. I've sent him bands to interview. I've got him hooked up with uh, several radio stations to do radio shows. I've done a heck of a lot for this guy. And I've never, ever made a big deal out of it. I don't shout it from the rooftops like some other people, some alleged comedians in Olathe. I don't uh, kiss this guy's ass. Uh, in fact, if you did not know that we did business together, you wouldn't even know that he existed because it's not that important. Now, I consider him a friend. And uh, about a week ago, he got on Facebook after the attention-seeking comedian who lost in court named Terrence Hayes. Apparently, he decided a couple weeks ago that he just has to get attention. And he's got to have something to fight against. And he can't spend every single day on Facebook talking about his dead relatives. And, oh, my God, my dead relatives. Oh, my grandma died. Oh, my brother died. Oh, pay attention to me. Here's the deal. And we're going to get we're going to get to the loser in court here in a few, but we're talking about Robert Allen Parker in this segment. Well, Robert went ahead and made a post on Facebook about how he doesn't have an issue with me. I've helped him a lot. He considers me a friend. It was a big, long diatribe paragraph. And I didn't even realize what this was. I, I didn't know what this was. And I went over and I said, oh, well, that's awesome. Thanks for, you know, making the comment. And I made some comment about, you know, I'm assuming this has to do with the, you know, alleged comedian, the alleged international superstar. Uh, thanks for the. Thanks for the rub, I guess. Thanks for putting me over, whatever. And I left it at that. Well, I think what last week was, was I think that the alleged comedian international superstar from Olathe 
was trying to get him to like cut ties with me or something. I, I, I'm not sure what that was about. So uh, apparently that was a, a post as a stance to, I'm not going to choose sides here. You can be angry. You can go fight loser court battles. You can do all these things. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to choose a side. I'm just not going to. And there's a lot of people that aren't choosing sides. Uh, he is the one that has decided that he has to make uh, sides here. And I'm talking about the alleged comedian who's a loser in court who lives in Olathe. Not Robert Allen Parker. I like uh, Pac-Man. So the other day he gets on Facebook and he starts in with this. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God stuff. And here's the thing I have spent. We are now recording this video and posting this audio clip on August 29th of 2023. That means that we are nearly nine months into the new year. And I have done all sorts of things in the nine months that a, I haven't talked about publicly because it's none of anybody's business, but the people that I'm doing business with. Two, I've had a lot of fun. And three, I've had a lot less stress since I haven't talked about the alleged comedian who is a confirmed loser in court in Olathe. But this guy's got to have something to fight against. So he went out and he got... Pac-Man all upset about something. And there was supposedly a video that was posted, which I would love to know where this video is. And I'm sure that if he does enough copyright strikes on YouTube, uh, Terrence Hayes, the confirmed loser in the court case, will uncover all these videos and I will actually see this video. But apparently there is a video circulating around, which I sure hope I'm wearing this outfit. But there is a video circulating around of me making fun of people's dead relatives. I've got to see this video because it doesn't exist. I've never done that on the air. I had a conversation the other day with Big Trev Williams. And I mentioned to him that apparently we did a video where we made fun of dead relatives. And he goes, well, I have lots of dead relatives and I would never do that. And I'm friends with uh, the sister of the failed court guy in Olathe. And if I would have made a video or made fun of her dead brother, she would have gotten a hold of me. And I don't have any messages from her regarding that. He's got messages, but he doesn't have messages about that. So apparently there's a video circulating now. Originally, I was just going to let this I was just going to let this lie, because what is going on here is that Terrence Hayes wants attention. He has to have something to fight against. He's got to have drama. He's got to be able to get on Facebook and go, oh my God, there's drama. Pay attention to me. I've provided none of that for this guy for essentially eight months. So 
Pac-Man went on a big tirade on Facebook on Sunday about me. Now, I happen to be scrolling through my feed, and I see that. And I'm like, oh, well, this is interesting. So I go over and I laugh. I do the laugh emoji because it's ridiculous because I've never done this video, and this is ridiculous. And he's now been triggered by the alleged comedian, and he's fallen into a trap here. So I sent him a message, and then he sends me a long diatribe, which I didn't read. I simply responded with, I'd like to talk to you on the phone man-to-man. He then says, I don't have a lot of time, bro, and a long diatribe. You had enough time to make two diatribes, though. But that's fine. So I sent him back a message, and I said, I'm not going to read these. We need to discuss this on the phone. We've been friends for too long, and I know what's going on here, and you know what's going on here. Let's have a phone conversation. And he goes, long diatribe again. And part of that I saw, which was something about what well, you and Terrence need to sit down and talk. Well, first of all, uh, he took me to court on a legal matter. And he lost. We're kind of beyond that talking stage. So I sent him back a message. And I said, you know, I'd be willing to talk to you anytime. You have my Facebook information. You have my cell phone number. It's in your phone. You can call me anytime. So then he didn't get back with me. So I thought about it all day, Sunday, Sunday night. And I woke up Monday morning and I sent him a message. And I said, you know, I'm going to be, he lives in Oklahoma. I told him I would, I'm going to be in Oklahoma in uh, about a month on some business. Why don't we sit down and talk face-to-face? Because all these guys in the rap and hip-hop community constantly talk about being real men, constantly talk about being upfront, talking about we don't do things behind closed doors, we don't do things on our phones, we sit down, we break bread, and we're real men, and we do these things. I am attempting to do this. I would like to sit down with him either on the phone, on Facebook, or one-on-one in person and work out whatever problems we allegedly have because I did not know that we had any. Apparently, we do. So, (laughs) considering that all they do is watch my videos and make stupid comments... Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lay this out right now. He has the ability to video call me, audio call me on Facebook, or send me a message on, uh, send me a text or call me on the phone. He also has my address. He also knows that I'm going to be in Oklahoma in a month. There is absolutely no reason why we can't sit down either on phones or face-to-face and work out whatever problems that we allegedly have. Because as far as I'm concerned, I have no issue with him. But apparently, someone has gotten in his head and now he has a problem with me. Now, normally, 
If this would have been the old Jiggy about 10 years ago, which I've grown up since then, but if this would have been the old Jiggy and he would have come at me the way that he did, I would have gotten in my car or I would have gotten access to a vehicle. I would have gotten a really, really thick wooden baseball bat and I would have shown up at his house and then we would have had to have a chat but I'm beyond that now all that stuff is for kids we're all adults we're all grown people now as they say so I'm willing to sit down and talk with him anytime he would like he has the ability to get a hold of me and he mentioned something about on a Facebook post one day. Well, I'm going to be in Wichita real soon. Perfect. I'll sit down and buy you a pizza and we can talk. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm done speaking on this matter because there is no matter. We are going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about um, our friend. The one who's causing all the problems. Overpaying, the cost for a 100 milligram tablet of Viagra is around $20 to $30. Now with Iron Man pills, you can get generic Viagra or Cialis for less than $2 per tablet for the exact same result. Do the math. If you use 10 pills a month, that's a savings of $1,000 or more per year for the exact same medication. Plus, there are no fees for physician prescriptions and no long-term commitments. Call now at 888-376-5648 and get 50 pills plus 10 free pills in just $99. This includes free shipping and discreet packaging. Call Iron Man Pills now at 888 376 5648 Yes at 888-376-5648 It's at 888-376-5648 if your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 10 million people without... Dis- got you! We've got you! I, uh... I've got me. Lucky you. <laughs> so, Sandra, uh, I just got done talking with Wayne Allen Root a few moments ago. <laughs> And uh, he was just shouting the praises of Trump. Uh, give us, give well, us, that's refreshing. Give us the latest with you, my friend. What, 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 what do you oh, have you going know, I on? Love, I love Donald Trump. You know, uh, they were just talking about Donald Trump and comparing him to Ronald Reagan, and they were a lot alike in, in many, many ways. Reagan was more of a scholar. I don't know if people knew that about him. He was very scholarly. Donald Trump is more street smart, you know. Not that he's dumb. Very well-educated man. He's way more refined than people give him credit for. But he is a street smart kind of guy. And uh, in many ways, they were alike, Reagan and Trump. But Trump, I like even more. I think, I think 
millions and billions of people appreciate him. And there are a lot of people who are just stuck, who don't get how brilliant he was and is, and how amazing he was and is. The man stays young. I mean, he's a little younger than I am, for sure, but not much. And I'll tell you something. I can't keep up with him. I don't know how he's doing it. He's so strong, body, mind, and spirit. And he's spiritually developed in ways that I don't know if people are giving him the proper credit for the spiritual growth that he has enjoyed over the last decade. But let, let me talk a little bit about, I wanted to be positive, but it was hard for me today. All I can tell you is how everything that's wrong with this administration is jumping out and making me crazy. You know, the Democrat-run teachers' union are ruining our schools. I was a school teacher for many, many years. I've had many, many careers. I'm a career girl from day one, and I took all my careers very seriously, and I was a good teacher. But even back when I was a teacher, Democrats ruled the teachers' union. And more lately, they've become, um, I think, corrupt. I don't like what they're doing at all. Toward the end of my teaching career, which was quite some time ago, I started to have that feeling. I thought, this is not right, what's happening in these unions. And what they did to the schools during the um, pandemic, you know, kids are four to five months behind in their schooling. They would not let them stay in school. They should have stayed in school. All the science pointed to the fact that they would have been fine. And everywhere where they kept them in school, they thrived and did so much better. In uh, Catholic schools, in schools in Florida, and so on and so forth. So Trump was right. He blew the whistle on this, and nobody wanted to listen to him. And, of course, DeSantis did a good job on this. But, you know, and I love DeSantis. Love him. I have a house in Florida. Believe me, I respect DeSantis. Not ready. He's not ready for the presidency. Trump is. Somebody asked, what if, couldn't he be vice president? You know, DeSantis has a big ego. I don't think he's going to settle for vice president. But we'll see. But anyhow, there's a lot of negative stuff going on. Cocaine found in the White House. I don't even want to hear about it. And they're saying, oh, it has nothing to do with Hunter or anybody who Hunter knew. You know, Hunter's sister was an ash, a coke, uh, had a coke problem. So who knows? There's no, and they're never going to let you know if it was Hunter. But, you know, they're covering up right and left. You don't know what to believe. It's hard to believe anything from this White House. And spending in this administration is out of control. And Biden will stand up there and tell you what a great job he's doing with the economy. I'm thinking it's a man out of his mind. One government official said that the U.S. is like the Titanic heading for an iceberg. Our debt is enormous, and Biden buys millions and millions of, of things that he shouldn't and spends money in ways that he shouldn't and, and, and buys millions of immigrants away into this country because he needs their votes. He wants their votes. In the meantime, terrible things are happening with these immigrants, really nightmarish things. If we don't know where a gazillion of them are. We're spending fortunes on the one who are here. He's just trying to buy votes. 
I don't know if it's going to backfire on him or what, but it's backfiring on the country, I can tell you that. The Biden family has been accused of laundering huge amounts of money. Good luck proving it. I mean to tell you, we've got to have 3,000 attorneys um, uncovering all the dirty tricks that were played by the Biden and his family. But we do have people who are coming to the Trump, to the forward, to the, coming to, what am I trying to say, Jen? So excited, Jen. <laughs> you have no idea. They're coming to the radio and the television and the courts and the Senate and the Congress, and they're telling the truth about all this Biden stuff. And that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. So keep your antenna up. Bidenomics is a catastrophe. $4,000 a year is what it's costing the average American family. And they feel it. And and they're starting to turn on it. Even the Democrats uh, are, are going, you've got to be kidding me. This Biden thing is a nightmare. And, of course, uh, we're pushing to get rid of him. The national debt under Biden has increased by six trillion dollars by the time he twists things around you'd think that we were on easy street he lies and lies and lies the federal debt interest alone is more than we spend on the national defense they print money and print money and print money this is paper money it's not based on any gold basis it's just Paper money, it's going to be a nightmare for our economy. We have got to get rid of this man. Finland and Sweden have been admitted into NATO. I'm happy about that. And I would like to see Ukraine eventually admitted into NATO. But, hey, who cares if all these people do not pay their share into NATO? Trump was the one who said, fine, I agree with NATO. It's wonderful. But the United States is not the only one who should pay for it. Everybody needs to pay their share. I need Trump. That's what I need. You need Trump. We need Trump. Mortgage rates are now almost 7%. Almost 7%. It's ruining the, the mortgage and real estate business. I can tell you that. It's been really rough for people in that business. It's a constant threat. Oh, and by the way, George Soros' son is even more left than than his father. Oh, God, that gives me the shivers. But, you know, the thing about Trump that I love is his courage. Here he is with everything that they've thrown at him, and it's endless. Anybody else would crumble under all of what he's been through. Anybody else would crumble. But he's standing tall. He's looking great. He's full of energy, and he's relentless, relentless and unstoppable. He's not limping up the steps of an airplane. He's not uh, walking in, in a weary way on the beaches, trying to drag his chair, which is what Biden did recently on TV. It was kind of funny. Kamala Harris is famous for her idiotic word salad. She's a nightmare. God help us if she winds up being president. Biden is famous for forgetting all kinds of stuff. Today I saw him on the news. He was sniffing some little baby girl. It was disgusting. He's so inappropriate. The FBI is targeting parents who demand parental rights 
to be respected. The PTA meetings across the country are standing up. And, and people, you've got to go to those PTA meetings and let your voices be heard. Jim Jordan, I kind of like him. He's uh, holding offenders accountable. All the people who are running are interesting for president. But they can't hold a candle to Donald Trump. Biden is profoundly anti-Israel. That disturbs me. He's giving tons of money to Iran. That disturbs me. Biden is a puppet, not a leader. Have you noticed, James, how disturbed I am about Biden? I can't wait to hear what the whistleblowers have to say about Biden this week. It's going to happen this week or early next week. So keep your antenna up and look for it because there's hope in the future that this administration is going to be called to account. I'm really looking forward to that. Help us, God, to reclaim and cherish the dignity, the morality, and the sanity that we had under the Trump administration. Uh, I'm rooting for you, Donald, in case you hadn't noticed that. And I've written two books, Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable. That's me. I'm loving, and I'm a deplorable. And Dear Donald, four more years. <laughs> and you certainly had four more years. And can have another four before the next election. And the third book, which I'm trying to publish, is Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. Is that man not a rainbow in a winter sky? You better believe he is. And that's it. I'm done. Well, Sandra, I will talk to you next week, and uh, have yourself a beautiful weekend, my friend. Thank you. You want my books? Go to Barnes & Noble. Check them out. Sandra, thank okay. you, my friend. Take care. There she goes, the fantastic Sandra Lee. And uh... we are back here on our big broadcast, coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today, AMFM247.com, KFRK in Denver, and of course, iHeartRadio, 50 plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. Monica Yates with us today. She is amazing, and I am so glad we've got her with us today here on our big program. So, Monica, give us a little bit on your background, my friend. Mm, thank you for having me, James. Well, yes. I mean, I think what's going to relate to most people is the fact that I grew up with this image that women had the bad end of the stick, that I had to be like a man in order to kind of have any worth in society. I needed to, you know, prove myself with external success. And as a result, I basically found out that I was not happy. In, in fact, I was incredibly miserable, but I thought that, being a quote-unquote girl boss or misindependent, and, you know, I, I hated men. I thought that they were terrible. I thought that all men were X, Y, and Z, or insert in your word of choice. And so that's kind of my background of what got me here, and now I'm so passionate about helping women and men, but women in particular, realize their own wounding with their relationship with men and how they've been brought up in probably a you know, hyper-masculine kind of environment where women have to essentially be more like men in order to be taken seriously and really bring the power back to our femininity. You know, I think a lot of the messaging these days around female empowerment is this idea of actually disconnecting us from our femininity and doing less and, and realizing that we're not the same as men. A lot of people take the fact that we're not the same as men 
as some kind of insult. And I just think that in and of itself is so disempowering when women are being sold the story that they that they are like men, that they can do the exact same thing that a man can do and not need to change the execution of it. So that's a little bit of my history to kind of keep it short and what got me here. That's awesome. Monica Yates with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. So talk to me a little bit about this Barbie movie. This thing has made Mm. a lot of money. Uh, Talk to us from from your perspective about what what this whole thing. Yeah, well, I was kind of ashamed when I when I watched it because I really thought I was just going in for a fun chick flick. I was like, yes, finally, a movie that's just, you know, an escape from reality. Well, that Yikes. was not the case. I feel like I was catfished um, because <laughs> the movie was just, it gave me whiplash, honestly, to be real. You know, one minute it's like, okay, we're kind of watching a Barbie movie. And then the next minute we're just hit with this, you know, intense agenda, kind of like some that's propaganda, right. really. And the whole whole movie just left me with this feeling of, like, concern for younger generations, for all those young girls that would go in and watch that movie and not be able to kind of filter out the satire of it and really realize, like, oh, I have to, you know, fight to be taken as an equal or I'm unsafe as a woman, you know, skating down Venice Beach. There's all these predators looking at me. Um, And, you know, at at the end of the day, the end of the movie... It wasn't even that the Barbies and Kens had equal, quote-unquote, rights in Barbie land. The Barbies took all of their rights back after, after the Kens had it, and they did it via manipulating the Kens. I'm like, that's yes. a good message to send to women of how you, get, how you feel powerful as a woman is to manipulate men. Moreover, what also I found as a really big issue in it, especially for young girls, is the only character in Barbie land that wasn't called Barbie was a pregnant woman. And I'm like, if that is not an issue, I don't know what is. She, you know, she was quote unquote meant to be discontinued. She was the weird Barbie. It was kind of creepy. Some of the some of the Barbies said, and she was standing all alone behind a picket fence. That's what that's the way that we saw her. I think we saw her twice in the movie. She was alone by herself behind a picket fence, like excluded from the rest of them. And I just think if young girls are watching this, what kind of message does that send to them? It just feeds into this, you know, in order to be a cool girl, you have to be this misindependent, have some high-flying job. And I'm not to say that doesn't, if that's, if that's your core purpose and that's what makes you happy, then amazing. But for the women that don't find that empowering, it's an issue, you know? And so it's kind of like these younger generations, they're being fed this narrative kind of on steroids to what I was fed when I was younger of your job basically is you proving your worth, you know? And yes. and that's an issue for a lot of women because at the end of the day, we are not meant biologically to to grind and to work and to be in this constant state of stress. We have got a great guest with us today. Monica Yates joins us here on our big broadcast. She is a fantastic, fantastic individual. So if if you were going to make a movie like this, um, how would you cut through all the nonsense or try to teach people a certain way? Well, firstly, I would say that I would allow people to make a movie that's just a little bit of fun. <laughs> I feel like we can't watch anything these days. Oh, yeah. Not, nothing. Our harsh yeah. reality yeah. slaps in our face. Nothing, you know? Nothing's um, fun. <laughs> no, it's it, it's 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 all I've got to get preached to, and I'm like, you know, I just want to oh. go to a movie and have it be mindless for two hours. 
Exactly. Like we're all working way more than we need to be, generally speaking. Yes. We just want to escape for a little bit. So one, I would actually allow it to just be a fun Barbie movie, you know? And so, and I would allow it to just stick to the to the usual storyline of Barbie and Ken. But if yes. I wanted it to, if I wanted it to have something deep undercurrent of messaging, you know, I would, the one thing that I was okay with about the Barbie movie is the fact that um, Barbie didn't just end up with Ken because she she should yes right yes. but of course if we were if, of course if we were actually keeping it a traditional barbie movie then they should end up together because we're not trying to look into this as some like deep analysis of our own lives but you know if i wanted to make a, a, a better version of the barbie movie i would say that you know the undercurrent was okay barbie wants to experience what the real world is like yes and there were just multiple themes where there could have been an opportunity for ken to actually be supporting barbie leading barbie helping barbie but instead, the constant theme was he was a burden to Barbie. He was slowing her down. You know, yeah. so if we redid it in a way that actually promoted any sense of equality, it would be, okay, well, let's have Ken be a healthy depiction of the support that a man brings the world. And in fact, the vital support that we need for men to have a fully functional society, which we don't really seem to have these days. Um, so, you know, little examples like, when they were skating through Venice Beach and Barbie felt, quote-unquote, you know, like, unsafe because there was men and women looking at her. Meanwhile, she's in a fluorescent outfit. So, like, I'd be looking at her, too. <laughs> in, yes. in, instead, of, instead of Ken kind of blowing it off, and the whole, the whole scene really was showing, like, women always feel unsafe and men are oblivious to it, which is not the case at all. And that's not a good image to put out to young girls. It's like, you are unsafe as a woman skating through Venice Beach at 11, p- at 11 a.m., on a Sunday, because that's just not the case. Instead, if Bobby said that, I would have loved Ken to be like, no, Bobby, it's okay. Like, they're just looking at our funny outfits, and I've got you. Like, I'll protect you. That would have put a much better image out to the world, for example, of, see, men are here to protect us. So, like, that would just be one example. And then, you know... Uh, you know, and then if and then if the Kens tried to come in and like take some of their power in Bobby Land, I don't really know how that would have played out. But nonetheless, <laughs> even if the store, even if even if the movie just ended where Bobby's and Ken had fifty fifty, I could somewhat get around it because like okay, maybe it was meant to have that happy ending, you know. But there wasn't even a happy ending. It was that the Bobbies manipulated them and got all of their power back. So at least if in the end. You know, it was 50% Ken's got a say, 50% Barbie's got a say. Ken's were allowed to, you know, have a job and provide and protect in Barbie land. It would have had an ending that was a lot more powerful in terms of, see, this is true harmony. But all we got even at the end was not harmony in the way that a functioning society needs it. It was, see, women won. That's what it was. And, you know, to some women that may be really empowering, and that's generally speaking because of an insecurity issue. But for the majority of women that are actually secure, they were able to watch that movie and realize that that's not a healthy functioning society and that is not promoting a good image for women, that men aren't there to help because men are there to help. Well, you are amazing. You are a fantastic mm-hmm. speaker. Uh, I just I just love everything you're doing. Uh, Thank you, James. Before we let you go, how do we get in touch with you online, social media, all these things? Yeah, website's the best place to go. It's monicayateshealth.com. From there, you can find my podcast. I did a whole episode, actually, on the Barbie movie. So if you've loved this, you'll probably (laughs) love that for anyone listening. And um, my Instagram is full of really valuable free content as well that you can get. But the website's the best place to go because then you can just kind of Go to all the different resources from there. 
That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you making time for us today. You are fantastic. Thank you for making uh, some Thank time you. for us. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you soon. And uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks, James, for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, my friend. There she goes. That is Monica Yates with us today here on our big, big broadcast. And you can get a hold of us online over there at jiggyjaguar.com. And, uh, okay. Let's try this.